Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show. It is the Nick and Nick Show, as you can see today, for the next two hours. JP has a great reason to be out today. He is on the road as we speak. On his way to Canton, Ohio, where Buccaneers legend, many put him on the Mount Rushmore, and I'm not going to debate you on that one, of Buccaneers history, Mr. Rondé Barber, friend of the show, and a very personal friend of JP. So JP is going up there for his induction ceremony, which gets underway tomorrow night over there in Canton. He's up there with his son, so that should be a fun time, but obviously he's not with us today, so we called in intern Nick back in the saddle today, the Nick and Nick Show. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So this morning, uh, I went out to I went out to Bucks Camp, and I haven't really been out in a minute to Bucks Camp. So, and this was the first time during the season that I've been out. So I got to see for myself everything that we've been seeing, all the clips on Twitter, everything we've heard from other reporters, from what JP has said. I got to see it with my own eyes today, at least for the first hour. Um, definitely the portion where we had the opportunity to shoot some video, which I have, I have a ton in here, probably going to post some later. I posted a clip of Trask throwing a ball earlier, um, and, and I'll bring more insight to that. But, but yeah, f- first, of all, first off, very hot, mm-hmm. very hot, as oh, you yeah. could imagine. Oh, there is nowhere to hide out there, especially for the players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm watching them, and it's like the second they're coming out there, they're drenched in sweat, right? Uh, the offensive lineman, I spent a lot of time watching the offensive line because, to me, that's the most fun part. Like, the quarterbacks and everything is very fun, too. But I just love watching the offensive line drills because you get to be next to these guys. These guys are these, – these, they're not human. They are not oh, yeah. human. They go at it, man. I love, I'm, I'm the same way. I love watching those drills. Yeah, and Joe Gilbert is no joke. JP said that last week that he could listen to Joe Gilbert coach for hours. I was the same way. That's the reason why I stayed on the offensive lineman for so long is Joe Gilbert brings it as an offensive line coach. It's just like the most stereotypical F-bombs flying everywhere. It's amazing, right? And so that was cool. What I thought was interesting, you know, I've been talking about the right side of the offensive line for the Buccaneers. That's my biggest concern going into the season. And, you know, there was a couple moments where Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke are right next to each other. And I tell you what, from the trained eye, and I have to go look and see what they're both, you know, what they both weigh in at officially – to the trained eye, the guard, Cody Malk, is a lot bigger. Not, not a lot bigger, but he's bigger than the right tackle, wow. Luke Gedeke. To the trained eye, Gedeke is a lot you know, more trim, I'd say, than your typical offensive tackle. Like, you look at Werfs, and he's just a behemoth of a human. Oh, yeah. Gedeke's a lot more trim a little bit. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I'm just making observations of things I saw today. Um, you know, I watched Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield focused on them for probably the last 20 minutes I was there. And, you know, I said this yesterday. I wonder if you went in and you kind of went with a blank slate and tried to block out who these guys are and who's their past, who looks like the guy. And when you walk in there, you see Kyle Trask and you're blown away by the size. Six foot five, 225, 230, whatever it is. He looks like a franchise quarterback and the prototypical. Now, that, that has changed a little bit because the prototypical you know, drop back quarterback, big guy, typically is not 
um, you know, what you would associate anymore with franchise quarterbacks. I think that's kind of gone out the wayside a little bit. No, you need a guy you can scramble. Basically. Right. But, Kyle, you know, they, they're working on a lot of stuff, and, you know, I can't divulge too much of it, but there's definitely a lot of movement in the offense with the quarterbacks that you see, which is really nice. Trash moves really, really well. Baker moves really well uh, as well. So that was good to see. Kind of when I left, it seemed like it got a little sloppy at the start of 11-on-11. There was, a, there was like two botched snaps in a row when Baker was in there. So I haven't seen what's going on yet, but I'll definitely be monitoring that, monitoring that and bringing that to you. Uh, watch the receivers a little bit. Devin Tompkins, you see it up close in the drills. It's just a little different when you see him go through some of these drills and some of these other backup receivers go through these drills. And I mean that in a very good way. The get-off is there. The quickness, the shiftiness in the small, in the small kind of yardage situations, Devin Tompkins brings that. And as I said yesterday, he looks like he's firmly entrenched, I think, as the wide receiver four in this offense and maybe a chance to, to push Russell Gage. So there are my observations from training camp. Cool experience. A lot of Bucks fans out there as well. Uh, and a fun time. Nice, nice. So they let fans out for this one. Yeah, yeah. But we had, there were fans out there and everything um, and lots of media and everything. Probably not as much media as you would have expected when, when Brady was here. And also a lot of the big, bigger media have gone up to Canton as well. Um, so Well, it, let's be honest, the bigger Bucks news is happening up there. Right, right. And we're going to get to that a little bit later on. We're going to talk a little bit more about the legacy of Rondé Barber, what he meant to this organization, this this city for sure, and who could be the next Buccaneer inducted into the Hall of Fame? Who deserves it? Who should get more consideration? I know my answer. I'll get your answer later on, so we'll have a good discussion with that. But yes, those are my observations from Bucks Camp. So we'll circle back to that a little bit later. But got to get to the news that came down yesterday, and this was a little, um, a little uh, disheartening, maybe, with the uh, the news there. Uh, yeah, I, I was like yeah, looking. I was like looking at that. I'm I was like, looking that, at it. I'm like, I got myself in the Nick and the Nick confused me there, and I have myself in the wrong box. But we're all good now. But no, so. Shane McClanahan goes to the injured list yesterday, which we probably should have expected. Yeah. You know, be cautious and all those things, but it's kind of the uncertainty of it that has me really concerned. And the Rays kind of put that statement out yesterday, that little blanket statement about, you know, they're, um, they're going to get more imaging done. They haven't really figured out a full diagnosis yet, so that tells me we're probably going to get something today, hopefully. hopefully, on Shane McClanahan. Hopefully good. Don't want to overly speculate I don't want to do that. Yeah, like, but really, we've been down this road before. Yeah, I'll just like, put it like that. Like it really could be like just the most minor thing. But like you said, we've been down this road before. Like we were just saying before the show, how many pitchers have we had who like have this thing? We think it might be minor, and then they're, boom, they're getting Tommy John, or they're out for a significant amount of time. Like, you know, I think we just see this happen. And we're like, oh, please don't let it be another one. Especially to Shane, who is clearly our best pitcher. Yeah, and we went through the numbers yesterday. The ERA is like over seven or something like that yeah, in his yeah, last six starts since coming back from uh, the injury. And I even saw it yesterday, the splits. I saw it yesterday on Instagram or Twitter, I believe, and it was like his first half splits in his career and his second half splits in his career. There's no doubt about it. Shane McClanahan, and I don't know if this is a good thing, he's a first-half pitcher. First half, the ERA is down around like 2-4, 2-5, I believe, which puts him like in that elite tier that category that he can be in and then you go to the second half and that era is pushing four it's almost four 
And we saw that last year. He started the All-Star game. He was the leader for the Cy Young. Flamed out a little bit in the second half. The same thing has happened this year. Now he's on the injured list. So you can take the Cy Young consideration out of it. In the grand scheme of things, doesn't really mean much to me. You want that guy healthy in the postseason. But this is the worst part is now you have to wait to get this full diagnosis because if Shane McClanahan goes down with something you know, long-term and I'm saying that knocks him out for the season, first off, good thing they made the Aaron Savale trade yeah. because I wouldn't want to see what, what else this pitching rotation would look like then. That, uh, that strengthens your argument against JP that you were having earlier this week, doesn't it? Uh, I don't need anything else to strengthen my argument against JP. I think I made my points well. Uh, if you look at the reaction, I'm 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 correct yeah. in my yeah, most people were in, in most of, of my reasonings, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting again, the Rays haven't always had an abundance of pitching, and you look at um, the rotation that they have on uh, what do you call it on the injured list: McClanahan, right. Shane Baz, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, and then I guess throw Josh Fleming in there so you could round out the rotation. Oh yeah. That is a five that you will not find many better in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. Playing, that's like probably going to be one of the best pitching staffs in the, in the entire league. Right. And that's, and that's on the, the injured list. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you still have, listen, you still have Glasnow. You still have Eflin. Now you have Savale. Zach Littell's done a, a pretty good job of filling in. I wonder now that he's on the IL, do they make a move? I mean, they sent Todd Bradley down yeah, to try which... to work some things out. Do they have to, because they don't have any other options, do they put him back up? Do they try to go the route of the Cooper Criswells again and all that? Yep. I mean, there's a, there's some big decisions here to make for the Rays now. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to be in that position. Like, I'm I'm really struggling for words. Like, I just don't know. Like, we keep saying, how many times do we just we see this happen? This is the same situation we've been in so many times in the past before. It's just... <sighs> I don't want to be conspiracy, but I always just think there's something wrong with that training staff where, like, I get if it's, like, one or two players, but when nearly every pitcher is dropping down because of these injuries, I'm just like, what is going on in that training room? It's it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And, again, I hate being the guy that speculates because... I, I do, too. Everybody but, goes through... Yeah, everybody goes through injuries, right? Yeah. So the Rays are no different. It just feels like, and, again, we follow this team... Yeah. With with blinders on, like as we should. Yeah, religiously. So you know, I have to go back and look at all the other teams in the history. But you know, pitching injuries like this, they happen more now than I think they ever used to. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. It just seems to happen with the Rays. But you know, here's the thing: they do pick up a lot of pitchers who have had previous injuries in the past. Yeah. Uh, Drew Rasmussen had two Tommy John surgeries, I believe, before the Rays acquired him. If I got that correct, Glasnow's had injuries. Now McClanahan and his injuries, Springs injuries, Baz, the list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, I looked this up today, Aaron Savali, as much as I love the trade, he has been on the injured list five times, five times since 2021 with the injuries of a right middle finger strain, left glute tightness, right wrist strain, right forearm inflammation, and then an oblique problem this year that cost him two months of this season. Dang. So while these guys are really good pitchers when they're healthy, Aaron Savali's a really good pitcher when he's healthy. This year he's been a front-of-the-rotation guy when he's been out there. There's no disputing that. The Rays clearly are going after guys who might have lesser value because of these injuries. And hence, I mean, they gave up a really good prospect. Don't get me wrong, Kyle Manzardo. Right. But they didn't have to give up a, a package 
of prospects. Like you would think for a guy like Savali, who also has two years of team control yeah. along with him. Which is why I love that trade. Because, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. We got rid of a good player, but we also have like a bunch of players like him in the minor system still. So I'm ha- I, that's why I'm happy with that trade. Yeah, but it's going to be it's going to test the Rays here. Yeah. It's I'm, definitely going to test the Rays here will. down the stretch. And to be fair, like we could come back in on Monday and be like, hey, good news. It, it was nothing. He's only going to be out for like a few games. But Yeah, so that's really all you could do. You just got to hope for the best with Shane McClanahan, and, and hopefully he can get healthy here for this team down the stretch because I'm here to tell you if Shane McClanahan's out for a long stretch of the season I can have optimism and hope that the Rays are a World Series contender all I want but I'm not going to sit here with again blinders on and say that without having McClanahan Rasmussen and Springs in that rotation going in it's like they were able to manage through Rasmussen and Springs better than anybody could but when you lose your ace that's a little bit different yeah it's just a little bit different I argue when you lose your ace so that's going to make things tough for the Rays, and, and hopefully they can figure it out here down the stretch. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yep. Uh, but the Rays do get back at it tonight, uh, a series against the Tigers, who kind of sold off a lot of their assets, held on to Eduardo Rodriguez, though, which was an interesting, if you were following along with that story, that was pretty pretty interesting, where he declined to trade to go to the Dodgers for family reasons, which is what it is, but it was only for two months, and you got a chance to win a World Series. I don't get it, but... It is what it is, but you'll see Zach Littell in there tonight once again for the Rays. We gonna meet our old friend uh, Austin Ma- Meadows? Uh, I don't think so. He's still he's still out. I is believe. He out? Yeah. Yeah. He's had the the mental health things yeah, going that, on with him, unfortunately. That's just, yeah, that's just a sad story, man. Because I still look, I, I still like the guy. Yeah, yeah. We hope but. he can. Hopefully, he can. Uh, he can get better one day in the future and be back out there. But no, he will not be in this series. They go up against Reese Olsen tonight, a young pitcher. Uh, who has not really fared well this season for the Tigers. So, and that game, by the way, is on Apple TV tonight. So if you're looking for it on Bally's, they ain't going to find that. Yeah, well, I'm not watching it then. And you know how I feel about these Apple TV games. Yeah. So That's why I can't watch most of those Leo Messi games. Yeah, uh, it kind of is what it is there. So, all right, let's take a, a break here. I think I'm having a little audio issue with, with Nick's audio. So we'll take yeah, a little I'm break. We'll take a little break and see if we can figure that out, and then we'll come back and we'll continue the conversation uh, with all things Rays, all things Bucks, more observations from training camp, conversations with Ronde, or observations of Ronde Barber going in tomorrow, and a lot more. Stay with us here on a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 
That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. only just begun. All right, welcome back. Way. Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. J.P. in route to Canton, Ohio for Rondé Barber's induction ceremony. So he could not join us today. So the Nick and Nick Show taking over here. 
hopefully we have your, your audio back here and we're all good to go, but we'll continue to fine-tune that if we have to here on a, uh, on a Friday. But we were just having the discussion again about uh, Shane McClanahan obviously going on the injured list and what this means for the Rays and um, if they can manage through this, if it's long-term, are they still viewed as a World Series contender? All these questions just kind of start going through your mind now as a Rays fan, as we said, we've been through this uh, before, and here's a comment from Luke W. I'll put up. He says, it's almost to the point, I don't care about spin or velo. I just want the guy to take a ball every fifth day, and if he has a four ERA, so be it. Well, I mean, I understand that because you want these guys to just be out there at the end of the day, but listen, I mean, elite stuff is elite stuff, and there's no debating that the guys that the Rays have acquired – and through free agency, through trades, to the draft, whatever that is, McClanahan, Glasnow, Rasmussen, Springs, and so on, these guys all have elite stuff that you just can't teach, and you really, you just can't pick up off the street. You have to give, and the Rays have done a good job of finding and observing this talent. But you know, you got to have. They say the cliche all the time is your best ability is availability, and yeah. you need these guys out here. And you know, listen, you got two guys who have entered the fray here into the American League, two big names that have been there, done that, and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, who are going to be pitching now for two of your, your big competitors for the pennant. And those guys, they've been around for a long time. And I know Verlander's had Tommy John and all those stuff. For the most part, those two guys have been bulldogs for a long, long time, and you know they're going to be out there every fifth day. Oh, yeah. Not a good start, though, for uh, Mr. Scherzer, though, was there? I thought he was okay. Yeah. He had a rough. He had a rough first inning for the Rangers, and then he got it together and was able to get through six. And you know, they kind. Of, I you hear pitchers talk about this all the time, and even Shane has had this this discussion before with the media. Um, sometimes his favorite outings are the ones where you know he knows he doesn't have his best stuff, but he's able to battle through and make it through six. And Max Scherzer has definitely kind of mastered the art of that. I can agree with that. Plus, like, you always see that, too, like, when they're facing adversity and they get out of it. Like, they, that's usually when they get the most excited. So, I understand that. Yeah, so, it's definitely going to be a little bit of tough sledding. But now, the onus the, the now goes on the, the Rays' bats. And, you know, they've gotten going a little bit. They went a little quiet there in the last game against New York. Garrett Cole was on the mound. So, I kind of... I get it. And plus, they were doing pretty well before. So, like, okay. Right. It just, it happens. It's Garrett Cole, Fair so... Enough. Fair, Fair enough. enough there, um, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what the Rays can do moving uh, forward here. But they have the team they have. The trade deadline. I mean, I wanted to get your your thoughts, by the way, because you heard me and JP going at it. That was the that obviously was, the other day. That was one of my favorite days coming into work. That was so fun to watch. Yeah, I know it was. It was definitely very fun and everything, and we got some good clips out of that and reaction and all that. But what were your kind of thoughts that you had on the Rays trade deadline? Because I don't think I ever got yours here. Yeah. Um. Honestly, looking at it. I feel like I was kind of in between your guys' takes because it's like, yeah, I love the one trade that we made. I love getting Javali. I love, I like that. And I think that giving up only one prospect, that was great. So I applaud that one. And, you know, would I have liked to have gotten more like a hitter like we said? Yeah, sure. But the thing that makes me, and I think if this was like any other like past trade deadline, I would be a little more upset. But I think it's just the fact that like you kind of point this out. No one was really selling. Like, and I said this like after you guys had that big debate and we took a break. I was like, both of you have to agree. This is kind of a boring trade deadline. Like, nothing really big happened. I mean, the biggest thing hyping up was where does Shohei go and he doesn't go anywhere. Well, compared to that, I still thought they were big. I mean, when Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander get moved, 
I think it. it, it yeah, it, but it's like I'm numb to that. Like they've been. I feel like they've been. Sure, yeah, there's been a lot of they. They've he's both been, moved been a lot recently, so it's like okay, fine. But yeah, there's that. But like, how many times have you seen like all these big names go? Especially, you know, bi- and pitchers get traded all the time too. So it's right, like, there was no big bats that yeah, really no, got no traded. No big bats. So it's like for that, I'm like, okay, you know what? Fine, I guess. Like, sounds like no one else was doing anything. So it's like I'm not the the maddest, but if like, I don't know. Like if I had seen like Goldschmidt go somewhere else, then I'd be a little upset. But so you know, could I have done more? Maybe I would have I would have liked if they gotten like you know some extra helps for the uh, batting rotation, but it's just the fact that no one no other team really did anything. It was just like okay. Well, that was my whole argument. It's like I, listen, I said the entire time, did the Rays need to add a bat? Did I think they needed to add a bat? Yeah. I said yes, and I went on record in saying if it was a David Peralta, I'd be a little disappointed. Yeah, like I, oh, but yeah, I here's the thing. That. Here's the thing, and not to like try to defend myself or anything, but. The market definitely shifted, I thought, over the weekend. Oh, yeah. And it became crystal clear that some of these big bats that I thought were going to be available were not. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams that were kind of on that fence of should they sell, should they buy, well, they went out and had a really, really good weekend and decided that I guess we're not going to hold off at all, like the Padres, for example. Yeah. They swept the Rangers, and they were like, well, we're going we're gonna to start buying now because we just had a good week. That kind of happened a lot over the weekend. So the Cubs made the same decision that they weren't going to sell um, and did like, you know, I think they did some light buying and things like that, kind of just staying where they are. Yeah. That kind of made it clear to me that the Rays were not going to get a big bat and that if they were going to make an acquisition like, like what, a Tommy Pham or something like that. And I just, in all respect, and I think think a listener might have chimed in the other day and said something about they should have went out and got Tommy Pham. With all due respect, that wouldn't have moved the needle much for me. Yeah, it just wouldn't. I and mean, we've had Tommy Pham before, and he's it was not the same player he was four years ago when he was with the Rays. Yeah, his most famous moment is him punching someone over a fantasy football trade. Is am I remembering that right? Is that what it was? Right, and I think they played. It was Jock Peterson, and I believe right. that that yeah. the uh, the Diamondbacks, because he got traded to Arizona, they played the Giants this week, and I believe that they said that they were playing each other again, and you know we didn't think we were going to get the round two. That throw down. I started thinking about that story. That was really, really odd last year. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it came out of I, nowhere. I, I literally just remember opening Instagram. And I'm like, eh, hey, there's a picture of my friend. Oh, that's pretty cool. Wait, what happened? It was just the most random. Yeah. Like, that's just so weird. Like, really, fantasy football? Although, I mean, I guess we, we do go. I mean, listen, me, me and my friends have been in a dynasty league since for like five years. Oh, really? So, like, when we get into the same room together, it does get pretty heated sometimes and it's so stupid because it's fantasy football but we'll debate you know each other's teams and this and that and like you know it's just typical banter so like i kind of get and listen what those guys paid for that league is a lot different than what my friends and normal people pay yeah for a fantasy league so i get it but yes that was a weird story but but anyway getting back on track here long story short like i said it became crystal clear that the bats the big bats were not going to be available so why it, it, it comes to a point or as much as I think that they hoard the prospects a little too much, there's no point in sending top prospects for guys who really aren't going to move the needle in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. That's my whole point. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, the way I looked at it, and I'm like, if JP had gone on his, I'll, I'll call it a rant, in, like, the past few years, I would have said fair. Because they, and, like, the year before, season before that, so on, so on. You could argue, yeah, they, they did. They were cheap. But with this one, it's just like, I feel like everyone was, so it's like, you know. Yeah, but, 
And they end up getting Savale, who even though I just went through his injury history there, and you cross your fingers, nothing happens there. They can't really afford it. Yeah, they did more than a lot of other teams just they, by doing that. They so. got a top-of-the-rotation guy, at least for this year, and that's why I said yeah. my final grade was a B plus. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's kind of what I agree with. Because like the it's weird because of like the lack of moves on during this trade deadline. Like any other year, that would really be nothing. But because of the lack of moves, I grade I'm grading everything on a curve, and that one gets a higher grade because at least they did something. Like right. I literally remember I was watching uh, TV. And they're like, the Yankees finally made a move, and it was that one pitcher. I don't even remember his name. And you can literally hear the like the uh, commentators just kind of like their voice just kind of like just drop, and they're because you know they're just like, who the heck is that? That's nothing. Like they were expecting some big move, and it was nothing. Right. So it's like, yeah. So I don't know. Speaking of the Yankees, I have to get this in because yeah. I wanted to devote some more time to baseball today. Obviously, uh, even though we didn't get a game last night, but. This was a big story yesterday that came down involving the Yankees, but I think it has more of a uh, an appeal to it than just specifically the Yankees. You know, I'll set up the story, the story real quick. So Anthony Rizzo goes on the IL, what they're calling a likely concussion. Oh okay, And it comes out, and this came from Aaron Boone's mouth, if you can believe it. They trace this back to May. We are in August. Okay, they traced this back wow. to May. I, I didn't with see a, the story. Yeah, you got to go look at the video. This was a clip that happened in May, and Rizzo's on first base, and they, they it was just a, a pickoff attempt at first, and I believe, and Tatis was coming back in. They were playing the Padres, and Tatis's knee kind of collided with Rizzo's head. Right. Wow. They traced this concussion, this likely concussion, I have to say, back to that. That happened in May, and we are in August, and. Anthony Rizzo has been taking a lot of heat from Yankees fans for his play over the past couple months, and a lot of them are walking it back, and it's not their fault. They wouldn't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean. But listen to these splits. Anthony Rizzo, before the incident with Tatis, 53 games, 11 home runs, hitting 304 with an 880 OPS. Since then, 46 games, one home run, hitting 172. With a 496 OPS. He's wow. been one of the worst players in Major League Baseball since taking Tatis' knee to his head in May. Wow. Well, I've not, Are you kidding me? That's. I haven't seen this video. Like, Is it like a really bad collision? Like, do you have it? I can show you here real see. quick off air. Off air. You can kind of see his... Uh, his leg collide with Rizzo's face right there. Okay, so, okay. yeah, that's kind of bad. Like, you don't want to, like, look at that for anything. Like, with Al series, we know head trauma can be. Like, the Yankees medical staff didn't even want to, like, that, look that's at my, that. Yeah, that's my whole point of why I said it has like, why more. why do you just know this now? Like, right. what took so long? Right, that's my whole thing about why it has more appeal than just the Yankees is because concussions have become a big story in regards to sports. And we know so much more about concussions now than we yeah. ever had. And that, uh, that kind of information is out there for everybody that wants to read it. There's movies or do- everything that you want about concussions. It's basically out there now for you to see. So for the Yankees, which has always been a what world-class organization we always hear, to let this slip through the cracks, it it's really is medical malpractice is the way that I called it yesterday. It's medical malpractice. The Yankees should be not just embarrassed, but they should be flat out ashamed of themselves by letting this guy go out there and play, and, and play at a level that, quite frankly, you, you set the guy up for failure. Let's get that right. That, and you put him at, like, what if that had happened again? 
Right, you put him at risk. Yeah. You put him at risk. So like, this has been a season to forget for the Yankees for so many reasons. But given what's happening with this, what's happening with Domingo Herman, in back-to-back days, yeah, this, I mean, this season just needs to end for the Yankees. I was talking about how bad I thought the Rays training staff was. That, at least, I don't think they will, they've ever done that. Well, like, I have proof here that this is medical malpractice now. Like, that's a, like, that's something that I got to think that, like, the MLB PA would want to step in and do and take care of like that that sounds like that could be a lawsuit if you really think about it yeah and by the way the details on domingo Herman. this sounds just straight out of a movie but this is real life and this happened uh on tuesday yeah now tuesday was that the day if i was that the day that he pitched against the rays that was monday monday that was monday so this was tuesday he had arguments with aaron boone and multiple teammates in the clubhouse flipped over a couch smashed a tv and made jokes while teammate Ron Marinaccio packed his bags for AAA. He was then made to go into a sauna to try and sweat out the alcohol. That is wow. real life. That happens. And listen, wow. I'm not here to make jokes. That, yeah, like I'm we, not. Yeah, I'm just clearly, I'm just, ser- I'm just pointing serious. out the facts here that this is a serious thing with Domingo Herman. We hope he gets, you know, can get better and correct. Get help. We hope we we wish the best for him because correct. This goes beyond baseball. That's a human thing. But it just seems that though every year, and the Yankees can't help this. Obviously, I mean, I mean, yeah, this. I don't he's had past incidents before that you could say is there even a reason why Domingo Herman's even playing right with yeah. the domestic violence and things like that. But you know, obviously, this situation. I don't know if the two are connected. Again, I'm not going to speculate on that whatsoever. No. Uh, but just merely pointing out that this has been a season gone wrong for the Yankees, and now you have these off-the-field incidents going on. Mm-hmm. You had the odd one last year with Aroldis Chapman. Remember when he got the tattoo? Oh, yeah. And the tattoo, he got infected or something like that, and then he wasn't able to pitch, and then he like left the team at the end of the season. It was just all weird. Yeah. It's just been really, really weird for the Yankees, and this is not what you would expect from what used to be the class of Major League Baseball. Like, yeah, like, I was having this discussion about them recently, and it's kind of weird, but, you know, you always hear, like, you know, older baseball fans talk about, like, you know, growing up, your dream is to either play or beat the Yankees, and, like, every time they showed up in town, you had to go see them. Now, for me, like, I know people, like, the, the Yankees have gone so long without making a World Series that, like, I don't, they don't see that luster anymore. Like, they're just another team. They don't have that legendary aura about them just because they're just, they haven't won that much. Right. But they're living in the past. On the field, they're turning into the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. <laughs> yeah, they're getting close. They're on the field. I have no problem if they want to keep losing games and be in the oh, last yeah, place. Oh yeah, no, no. Keep, keep I losing. mean, they. I think in the last 120 years or something like that, they finished in last place only five times. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're they're approaching the sixth time. Oh yeah. And that's their problem. Oh uh, yeah, no, that, get, that, that's wonderful. That I will not complain. Yeah, they're, they're and I love it. They're they're different. Their run differentials plus eight. The Rays, meanwhile, is plus 37. The Yankees pay three hundred million for their team. The Rays pay about sixty something for their team. So, again, uh, yeah, as much as I'd love the Rays to spend more money, there is definitely a case to be made. Some of these teams have spent foolishly. When you think of the Yankees, the Padres, and the Mets, the three teams that I think have been the biggest underachievers oh, this New- season. Oh, New York around the league. Both New York's teams. Yeah, and also too the uh, the, the shortstops too. <laughs> have you seen the thing about the four shortstops who got paid in the off season? I think I have. Correa, Trey Turner, yeah. and uh, Dansby Swanson, and then Javi Baez the year prior. Yeah. You know, those four guys have combined to be some of the worst players in baseball this season, all with fat contracts for their teams, yeah. and they've completely fallen off. They've killed the shortstop market, those four guys. Yep. 
Uh, but again, the Rays don't have to worry about that because we have Wander Franco locked up for 11 years at, in the grand scheme of things, an affordable rate. Yeah. So uh, we will definitely take that. Uh, a couple of little notes from baseball last night. Shohei Otani, once again, hits a home run, pitched four shutout innings as the Angels lose 5-3. to three. What's new there? He leaves another start with an injury. This is becoming a, a theme with Shohei. Um, excluding the complete game shutout. He seems to have some kind of issue. Yesterday, I guess he couldn't feel his hands or something like that. So, again, when it's the greatest player we've ever seen, we monitor it, and we'll see what happens. So there's our baseball discussion for the day. And back, like I said, the Rays back at it tonight on Apple TV against the Detroit Tigers. Hopefully they do not play down to their competition. Mm -hmm. And they go out there and they take at least two out of three. Just keep winning series. I'm not asking for sweeps. I'm not asking for sweeps. They'd be nice. But just keep winning series, just keep chipping away at the Orioles, who I don't think their pitching is going to hold up. Yeah. I keep saying that. Flaherty looks great win, yesterday. Yeah, like we, we can still win this division. They can, they're still in it. They're still in it. They're still in it. Like I said yesterday, I'm not throwing dirt on this team. I'm not covering up right now. Yeah. I can't do that for a team that has 66 wins already at this point in the season. They had that bad loss, but since the Houston and the Yankees series, it looks like they're starting to regain form a little bit. So I'm, I'm hopeful. If they can have another good series, then I'll start to be really hopeful that Maybe we can do something again. Right. And and Luke also chimed in here. He said, how about Isak Paredes? WRC Plus is best in baseball for third baseman. It's not close. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. in, I'm in lockstep with you, Luke. I said that the other day. Um, the Rays have two of the top three hitters in WRC Plus in the American League. The first guy is Otani, and number two and three is Yandy Diaz and Isak Paredes. So, um, Paredes, you talk about the deal, and, and me and JP both raised hell when they made that deal. They traded Austin Meadows for... Isak Parade, you should have known that the Rays are going to make us look like fools. That's just what they do when they make trades for the most part. Um, And he's turned out to be a genuine big-time guy right there in the middle of the order. And I would love to see them extend Isak Parade's in the offseason. He's a good guy, you know, good bat. I'd like to see him stay And I I think his defense, you know, there's some advanced numbers on it that it hasn't been great. But I think there's definitely potential there. Yeah. But you got a guy in the order that I think, you know, I said at the beginning of the year he's going to hit 30 home runs. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's approaching that. I don't know if he's going to get quite to 30, but he's going to approach that this season, probably lead the, the team in home runs for the second straight season. And he might drive in 100 RBIs if he really gets on a heater going down, going down here. I know there's some concerns with people that, okay, well, he's a dead pull hitter. Listen, I don't really care where the ball lands. I just care that it goes out the ballpark. I care that it gets down for for singles and doubles. I don't really care where it lands. Just give me a hit. This is a yeah. This is a genuine power threat. I'd like to see them. Like I said, the Braves' model is they have all these young talent that they've acquired, traded, you know, drafted, all that kind of stuff, and they've given them really affordable contracts. But they've stretched out the years where they have these guys locked up on really good deals. Yeah. I would like to see the Rays start doing that with some of their their kind of their kind of core here, and we've already seen that go on. Yeah. But Paredes, maybe Josh Lowe is a guy like that. See, there's some chances there for the Rays. Yeah. But, and you'll uh, see that salary cap go up, and you'll see that, that money they spend go up a little bit. Uh, yeah, 100%. And as for Isaac, we're looking forward to see what he can do against his former team. That's right. And he's feasted off his former team the last few times we've played them. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So Paredes a little revenge game against the, the Tigers, who are dead in the water. So hopefully the Rays put them away, and we start that tonight. All right, let's take a break. Here on a Friday, and we'll come back. Just got a text from JP. He wants to potentially call in today. So maybe we'll have him when we come back from break. I'll try to coordinate with him. I don't think he's gotten on his plane yet. So 
Maybe we'll have JP, but stay tuned. We're going to have more on Rondé Barber. We're going to have more other around the NFL. Did anybody watch the Hall of Fame game last night? Mm, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Coming back in three here on a Friday of the JP Peterson Show. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. 
Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Let's go! Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back to a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show. The tone in my voice. Again, I don't really care. These teams can do whatever they want, but my goodness. Has there been an organization around the NHL that continues to shoot themselves in the foot with bad moves? The Washington Capitals are up there. They just gave Tom Wilson seven years by $6.5 million per. Oh, my gosh. He's 30. He was not even that good of a player. Oh, my gosh. Again, the... Uh, his biggest highlight is killing the Rangers. And doing the the Capitals can do it. Yeah, the Capitals can do whatever they want to continue to convince themselves that they're still contending. But your window is done, and that deal is, oh my goodness, horrendous. Let somebody else make those mistakes. I'm so glad the 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 Lightning don't do that. Don't have that sentimental that sentimentality. Yeah, I guess is the, if that's a word. I'm, I'm so towards sorry. some of these players. I'm so sorry, Ovi. Like I actually like Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> It reminds, just reminds me, by the way, because obviously Kalorn is, is gone now. Did you see, he, I think it was last week. Um, I can't believe I haven't gotten to the story yet. I meant to bring it up at the end of the week. I might come back to it today. But Kucherov's obviously been working out a lot and Brandon at the at the uh, the ice center there. Oh, yeah. I can confirm. And he's taken the – yeah, you were there. You yeah, saw him. I, I saw him. Uh, they did not want me to see him. But in my defense, they did not tell me I couldn't walk there. So, uh yeah, it is what it is. Sorry, guys. The cat's out of the back. He's there, and he's, he's been there. he's been there like multiple, like probably like like five out of the seven days a week or something crazy like that. I think it was Chris Crenn who works for the Lightning wrote a really nice piece on it that I meant to talk about about how the Lightning are going to be so much more motivated going into next season, and Kucherov's taking that to law. Like anybody that just says, "Oh, they won two cups," you know, they're content. They're not content. Yeah, he, they like they're not content. They weren't content last year. Like they weren't. They wanted to win last year. It just didn't work out that way, but. I mean, you read that thing. That man is motivated. Right, right. He's taking this to heart, and I think we're going to see, barring Connor McDavid just continuing, and he's he's going to. Yeah, he's going to. You should see Nikita Kucherov potentially in the MVP conversation. Yeah, because think about it this way. he You see it every now and then. He kind of just lollygags it a little bit. You know, like he, sometimes he just looks like he doesn't try, and he still will end up like notching like an assist or a goal. 
Like he quietly put up like well over 100 points last yeah, year. Was, nobody talked a, about yeah, it. Yeah, he was a leader in points because he just does. Nobody it. talked about it. Yeah, but that's when he's like doesn't look like he cares. Right. What happens when he's more motivated than ever? Right. When he's completely dialed in and he's entering the he's he's right there in the I don't, not the latter stages of his prime, but he's what is he 30 now? He's right there. I believe he's 30. So he's like right on the. Uh, I can pull that up. Yeah, look, confirm that for me. I believe he's 30, so he's kind of like right on that line where it kind of dictates what the rest of your career is going to look like. He's 30, right? He turned 30 in June. Right. So, yeah, I think he's him and a lot of the other these guys who are starting to, to move a little bit in age or more motivated than ever. It's going to make the lightning better. But I brought that up because... He's still got a few more years of prime. Right. Though. There was a photo that came out, and he was there with Kucherov. It was Alex Kalorn. And Alex Kalorn was work was working out with Kucherov there on the ice, and he was wearing his Ducks jersey, his Ducks practice jersey. And Lightning fans were losing it, and all over Twitter, get out of here! You made your you made your decision. Get out of my city! Like, don't wear that stuff in our place. And I'm like, people. He did what he need. He, he, he was the he's, longest tenured player in the history of your franchise. He's a legend. You love him. He loves Tampa. Like he said in his his exit quotes, yeah. this was like him going to college he'll for come, four years and he'll be back. He'll come back. He's got an argument to have his jersey retired, maybe. Mm. I said argument. I didn't say no, he would I can't be. Go there. He can go in the Lightning Hall of Fame. Oh, that he 100% will. Jersey retirements? I can't get there. It, no, it's just the fact that he's been along for so long. I didn't say like he's an automatic, like how like a Stamkos is going to be an automatic, but like he, I, he's got an argument for it. Kind of like he's well. There's too many other guys who have an argument, he, and he never drove the bus. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, it's just the fact that he's been along around for so long. Like he is kind of like how I view like this like Stanley Cup winning teams. He was there, Brad Richards, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. He 100 will go in the Hall of Fame, though. I, I always forgot about that because, like, he's just because he's been around for so long, he's made such an impact. I'm like, you want to honor him some way, and I don't know why I forgot that we just created a Hall of Fame. He'll be in that for sure. Yeah, but I, when I think of like jersey retirements, like I think of, I mean, obviously the big ones that are still playing, like Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, yeah, yeah. and Point. You still got five big numbers to retire, and those guys all drove the bus at their respective yeah. positions. Isn't that weird though? Like, whenever you like, it's kind of a nice thing to have though. Like when you have to discuss who are the greatest players in your team's history. For us, most of them are still playing right now. Yeah, and that's why you can't lose sight of it. Like we're still in this this golden era. I don't know when the end's coming. I think we'd say we're on the we're on the definitely on the back side of it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything we're getting away from down, that. But but this is still a again, the five players I just pointed out to you, I still maintain that that core of five players is as good if not better than any other core you're going to find in the NHL. It still is in my yeah, opinion. They can still go and, you know, Maybe one day we will come down from this golden age, yeah. but you know what? We get to go down in hardware with hardware and tow, and I'll look back on it fondly. Right. I, I'm already looking back on it fondly. Yeah, I am too. At least we're not like uh, – I don't know why I was thinking about this, but it's the San Jose Sharks, all the good teams they had, but they never, never won anything. And they now, never won anything. It's hard, man. Yeah. It is incredibly difficult to win a – look at the Capitals. Like, how many times the Capitals won the President's Trophy? And it took them like 15 years into Ovechkin's career to finally win. Yeah, they kept running into a – Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Right, right. And those two teams are being phased out. But Except for that one year, they got swept by us. Right. Just gotta. And we're getting close to hockey season. I know you're you're more of the hockey guy than I'm, the football, I think. Dude, I'm excited, man. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. They're both equal. I think I've been more into hockey recently, but that was just because, like, the Lightning gave me more of a reason to watch it because, you know, they always won. And oh, and the Bucks didn't? The last three years? No, I, no, I meant like way before that, okay. before we got Brady. Like, no, I still follow them, but it was also, like, first of all, it's easier because there's more games to watch. 
And not to mention, like, I always felt this way. Like, and, you know, JP always talks about this on the show, too. Like, when the Bucks won, I hated this narrative because there were so many guys on our team who deserved it, but everyone's like, it was Brady's team. He comes in and he right. wins. And he never really felt like he was in the community. When, Which I always push back on that yeah, because like, he's, he's Evan, Tom freaking Brady. Yeah, right? but it's also like, <laughs> no, like, it's like, come on, these guys help. Guys who've been here forever. Guys like Mike Evans and, you know, Devin White, all are. Yes, but, as, but... But going back to what I was trying to say, but, like, when Steven Stamkos lifted that cup for the first time, I remember seeing so many guys who, like, followed that guy. It was kind of like, you know, our boy finally did it. Because, like, you see these guys, they came up short. You see them in the community. Like, they feel like they're one of us. And they finally won. Like, we've seen them fail and fail, and they finally got that cup. It was awesome. Like, it was cool. Like, I, I will always tell people this. I'm so glad Tom Brady was with us. But even when he w- was here, he was not the king of the city. They were. They were our number ones. I'm not going to debate you on that. Yeah. I'm not going to debate you. And Steven Stamkos in particular, in my opinion, you yeah. can make a strong argument, is the greatest athlete in the history of Tampa Bay sports. I think he is. Him and Derek Brooks, I think, are the two yeah. big the two big contenders. But you can make that argument for Steven. But no, so we're getting close to hockey. Obviously, we're close to football. I saw this TikTok yesterday, and we're like 40 days. It said 40 days away from obsessing over a fake football team, aggressive mood swings, and seven hours of commercial-free football. Ooh. And I sent that to my wife, and she just gave me this look. She's not. She's not ready for this. Oh yeah. She's not ready for this. Football season is always her least favorite time of the year. Listen. Because I am locked in, yeah. Mister Seven Hours. Of, but I'm not actually like that anymore, though. I used to be like that, but now it's like just let me. When, well, I take that back because I work now yeah. in media. I have to cover, especially with on three. I have to look at it from the entire league. Right. So now I am kind of back on to okay. I got to watch football from one o'clock all the way to the last game because that's just work. But there were a couple of years there where I eased off, and it was like, okay, as long as I can watch my three hours of the Bucks, I'm okay. And I wouldn't watch anything else. But now that's changed a little bit. So yeah. she gave me the side eye yesterday. She's not looking forward to the, uh, the seven hours of commercial-free football. Seven hours. God, I can't wait. Yeah. If I, yeah. When I see Scott Hansen's beautiful face on my television screen in, in sept- on sept- what is it, September 10th. I think so. Oh, my goodness. Can, can, I, can I just be honest? Scott Hansen, one of the biggest geniuses of all time absolutely whoever came up with that idea it was him I'm pretty it was sure him yeah and i believe scott hansen he worked in this market too before yeah. in tampa i think he did i think he did yeah. tampa's actually had a lot of people that you see on espn and all over the place that were here first yeah colin coward yeah. is notable so many people but... he still likes to think that he knows what tampa is even though he was here 30 years ago and it's changed. How many articles need to come out that say Tampa has grown so much in the past five years? It is not the same. And I hate those articles because people need to stop moving here. That that I agree with. Please, I am sick and tired of dealing with the traffic. Why do you think I live in? Why do you, Why do y'all think I live in Lithia? I avoid all of you people. <laughs> Thank you for watching. I have out. I have one way in and I have one way out. But I don't know. Going back to the whole football thing. Listen, I know you were kind of like asking the question earlier. Did anyone really watch the Hall of Fame game? Maybe a few plays. No. But here's the biggest thing that makes the Hall of Fame game important. We've officially made it to where every week now, for the next few months, there will be at least one football game. Yes. We have yes, offic- it is. Like we always say it, we've officially made it, we've officially made it. But now that we can actually see games, I'm going to say it, we've officially made it. We have officially made it. And Zach, Zach Wilson, I did see a clip. I wasn't really watching the game. I tuned in for four minutes. Kellen Mond was on my screen. And I just was like, oh my goodness, Kellen Mond. And then I saw a missed field goal, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. out. I'm done. I'm so, done. Like, so many of these people are not playing. 
Like uh, there was there was more storylines that didn't involve the game last night. Yeah. We had Demarcus Ware singing the national anthem. Okay. Okay. And that was a weird one. That was a um. You know, Demarcus Ware is going to the Hall of Fame tomorrow. And you know what? Good for him. And yeah, he was a hell of a football player. And I think I'll leave it there. Yeah. Good effort. Yeah. Good effort. That. Listen, I could never. I I don't have the stones to go up there and sing the national anthem. Yeah. Hell no. Uh, oh God, no. Hell no. So good for Demarcus Ware. Yeah, some no, people yeah. enjoyed it. Some people didn't. It, it didn't. It is what it is. Um. What else happened? Uh, uh, the uh, lights went out at one point. That. And then they showed Aaron Rodgers on the ca- on the screen. I was just gonna say that, like, and the jokes wrote themselves. He looked like he was in The Godfather. He literally looked like he literally looked like he was the boss. Well, he looked like he was in his little hut that he he went into the off season to make his decisions. Oh yeah, maybe he cut the lights out. He wanted to feel like he was at home. I don't know. And then we had let's see the uh, the showers were not working apparently last night. Yeah, I gotta be honest. That's not the, that doesn't really surprise me because when you look at it, that's not the greatest looking stadium. It's cool, don't get me wrong, but, like... It's a novelty. Like, it's a novelty. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, you see where other, you know, NFL games are hosted most of the year, and then you just kind of see that, and you're like, really? I don't know, but how do you not have showers working? I don't know. So that was the other thing. Like, how many games do you have there? Like, the USFL was just there, right? Yeah, they were. I guess. I Didn't, I we, didn't we all kind of tune that out a little bit? I didn't care. Like, listen, I work for the XFL, so I'm like, I already got my fill of spring football. On I, I actually, like, the first year that I was... Were, was it last year? At my previous employer, which I will not name, um, they had me covering USFL, and I went, I like went up to Birmingham once for like, the, like one of the games or whatever, and like it is what it was, you know. When you're covering it, you kind of get into it and everything, yeah. but I have not given it many watches the since. Stands, like the, I have the stands are just dead. They're I, dead. Yeah, I, the it was the lack of atmosphere. Yeah, of course, like the and of course the one team that won is the only team that because they were playing in Birmingham like the entire right year, and of course the right. only team that wins. And is now the they've and now they've kind of like ventured out a little bit. Yeah, and everything like the XFL to me, I thought was a better product than the USFL. Yeah, I don't know how I got down this road. I didn't mean to talk about the. I don't want to spend any more. I brought it up. Of course you did. It's I don't want to spend any more time on the XFL and the USFL because the NFL is here. NFL, real football. I, I can't say it. I like the XFL. Yeah, they, back to the other I, things I that I saw. Back to the other things, and you should be proud of that. Back to the other things I saw last night, and this one was far more serious. Deshaun Watson was in the building last night. Oh. And <laughs> there was the clip going around, and him and Goodell are dabbing each other up, and Goodell's laughing with them and everything, you know. Yeah, I, I, get, I gave you, what, ten games? That's all I Welcome back, Deshaun, you know. Nothing ever happened. And then there was, like, a comment, I guess, that Chris Collinsworth said on the air that everybody lost their mind about. I listened back to it, and... I guess it's the verbiage he said, like, some things that happened to him and, like, we're not treating this serious. I mean, listen, I think I've been documented on this show plenty of times how I feel about the Deshaun Watson situation. More so just his lack of remorse. Yeah, like, didn't he just give an interview he recently just, where he, like, blamed the media for, like, co- like changing the narrative? It's like Yeah, and he kind of, he just says, like, you know, yeah, everything that happened to me, like, as if he's, like, some kind of victim. Like, no, you brought this on yourself, Deshaun, and you still ended up getting $245 million fully guaranteed from a football team, which is ridiculous. And yeah. I'm sorry, but I know it's our job to stay objective, but it's very, it's, very it's, hard. You make it so it's hard. It's very, man. very hard to root for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It just is. And I think a lot of fans feel that way. Yeah. Because the NFL didn't take it that serious, in my opinion. Yeah. Ten games. Yeah. They've suspended people for a lot longer for a lot less worse. We're suspending guys for full years and indefinitely for gambling. Yeah. I've I've kind of changed my tone on that because like I can kind of understand it, but I still think the reason I still don't like it because it's like, dude, if you really hate gambling so much, stop making these, you know, deals with these gambling companies. 
You know what I mean? It's very hypocritical. The whole it's thing hypocrit- is hypocritical. It's hypocritical, and it's like I don't want to say you're glorifying it, but it's like, dude, you post it everywhere, and then your p- players are using it, and then you get upset. I understand why, because like, like I just watched this thing with the Kelsey brothers when they were kind of like talking about it and how it can like aff- affect the game. So I'm like, okay, fair. But you're not make you're making it a lot harder on them when you post the, like these companies all over the stadium, right? So like, what do you want? And I just have to kind of like wonder, like, you know, when they suspend these people, they're essentially saying gambling on sports, bad. If I'm like the head of like I don't know FanDuel or whatever, like, I don't know, isn't that kind of like a negative endorsement of your product? Uh, listen, I don't try to make any sense of what the NFL does outside of the on-field product. Yeah. I just yeah, <laughs> you're right. That, that, I just, there's no sense. Lane. There's no sense. And I and I do. By the way, I think Roger Goodell is probably a better commissioner on certain things than he gets credit for because I think the product is at an all-time high. I mean, clearly the, the revenue they make out the yen is crazy. Oh, yeah. The interest, the general interest. I mean, now they're going to other markets. You yeah. saw what happened in Germany. Yeah, I think fun. he's done a lot of good, but I think his discipline has yeah. been very lackadaisical. Yeah, but yeah. so I mean, that's hey you, hey, you brought up like how much the money they're making. We were just saying like, who cares about the the Hall of Fame game? But the prices for, t- for tickets to that game were unbelievably high. So, it always is. Yeah. It always is. Being unless the Bucks are playing, I just can't take much of an interest in that. Yeah, but, it's preseason. But I get it. We are getting Buck Buccaneer. We're getting closer to Buccaneers football. Yeah, and it's our first preseason game. I actually forget the date. Next Friday. Oh wow! We are seven days away from the first Buccaneers preseason game. They're going to be at home in Raymond James Stadium against the Steelers on a Friday night. So it's looking hard. forward to that. I'd be curious to see how much Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask Yeah, well, that's play. why I'm really looking forward to that game. Because in my mind, that is really what's going to cause the separation. Because we've well, been talking not about exactly, not exactly. The I think they've said this out loud okay, before. Maybe, maybe not separation. But the it's going to be the following week after the preseason game because they're going up to New G- New York to do this the, New the split practices. Yeah, whatever the split practices with the Jets, and I think that's typically the better gauge. Yeah. I think that's number one, and then the preseason games, and then what you see in camp here. Right. Okay, well, I, I said that wrong. What I was trying to say was going in, we were all like, yeah, it's a QB competition, but Baker Mayfield right. he's pretty much got the job. But, you know, recently we, you just see all these good things about Kyle Trask, and they're like, oh, it's tight. It's tight. And Dave if, said that. And if he, if he does well in this preseason game, he's got a shot at this. So, like, that's the biggest thing because, like, you know, you always hear people say that. Like, the preseason is really what matters because, like, you know, how many times do you watch Hard Knocks and you see these guys on the fringe and they're like, how I do in this game, this is what right. is going to decide if I make this team or not. And also, too, I just thought of this while we were on the subject of the Bucks and, and training camp. Another observation I had today, and this is not a serious one. I just – it's just – it's worth saying, I think. John Wolford you – know, we don't give the third quarterback a lot of love ever, right? Yeah. And nor do we want to see the third quarterback on the field ever. But I'm just going to point it out. John Wolford is a hell of a third option for a quarterback. He has playoff experience. That's yeah, I guess. A few snaps. No, but I, I was just like I'm just watching him at camp today and like, you know, obviously like I said, Trask looks like the franchise guy, Baker's doing his thing, but when John Wolford gets in there, he makes really good throws. He's got he's small, don't get me wrong, he's small. But he makes really good throws. It almost looks like like if the worst case happened and both those top two guys weren't available, the game maybe it's not lost. It's maybe, I'm trying to like put it in the right words. Maybe it's not lost if he's, they had to go to John Walford. He's shown that. So he, I'm going to give him a little love yeah, today. There's a reason he's not considered a starting option, but like he's played a lot. He has a lot of playing experience, and he's 
you know, he's shown that there's a reason he's still in the league. Right. Do you remember his uh, story back a few years ago when he was with the Rams? I think this is in 2020. I don't know. So it was like it was the Goff was hurt. It was winner. It was winner in for the Rams. He had to come in. I think he was coming out of the AAF. From, which oh is, yeah, you know, the, the, the short-lived, the, the original spring league before my XFL. The Orlando XFL. team that captured everybody's hearts. Yeah. Rest in peace, the Apollo. Yeah, rest in peace. They were, they were so good, but uh, yeah. So he goes in. And, like, it comes out, like, he has, like, a LinkedIn profile because he's just, like, I needed to find another job. Oh, that was John Walford. Yeah, and he's, like, if, right. I, and he's like, if I win this game, I'm going to delete this profile because I won't need it. And yes, I forgot about John Walford. Cool story. Fun. He knows the offense, too. Yeah. And maybe that's why he looks crisp out there because he knows the offense. I don't know. Yeah. But just worth thought it was worth putting some love on the quarterback three. Yeah. Uh, real quick, actually, we uh, I think Todd Bowles is speaking um, right now. I believe I promised that we were going to bring him. I think Werfs and Russell Gage. I'm curious what Russell Gage says. We haven't seen a lot of him this camp. Yeah. Um, Werfs is always really good, too. But let's go live to to Todd Bull, shall we? Let's do it. From Buccaneers training camp. Let's see what the coach had to say today. Level of the players out there today, and in your observation, um, how are they doing on their focus on fundamentals, the techniques, and the execution that you want? Energy is good. Uh, the focus on the fundamentals is always ongoing in football camp. The execution is a little bit up and down. It's more up than down as practice goes on. You know, and the chirping starts. It's about that time of camp. we got to focus on what we need to focus on. What has he shown you guys among the young corners you have? He's long and athletic, and we know he's got ball skills. It's a matter of getting the system down. He's got to get the system down so the preseason games will be important for him. Uh, quarterback signed that can't have fumbles regardless of what I saw off here. I'm not see the film, whose fault it was, but the ball can't be on the ground. Well, he's a tough, smart football player, so we're rotating guys in and out right now because we're short in other areas. I wouldn't worry about who's with the ones, twos, or threes. But he didn't panic when he was in there, and we like we like the player. We just got to see him learn more. Second day in a row, the quarterbacks did a pretty good job of limiting mistakes and turnovers. How, how did you think they looked? Did a good job not lim- limiting the turnovers. We got to do a better job seeing when to throw the ball away when they got guys coming back there, and you see them. We got to get rid of the ball. Uh, both guys got to get better at that, but not turning it over is a plus. I know that Rashad wasn't a, a you know week one starter this past year, but um, what can he do now that he gets that opportunity? Um, what, what, how can he build on that that success that he had this past season? It's more of a mental thing. You're going to get hit more at running back than any other spot. So he's got to understand he's got to block. He's going to take some shots. He'll get more of a physical burden than he's gotten in the past because he was really splitting time at the end. So he's got to condition himself mentally and physically to understand and take the pounding of a 17-game season. Speaking of conditioning, did you, uh, are you liking what you've seen as the guys have pads on now? Their endurance, uh, their longevity out there on the field, but did they come out in the shape that you want them to come out? They're in very good shape. Obviously, in this heat, you're going to get tired, but they're in great shape. I like where they are physically. Just got to have the mental toughness to withstand this sun. So White make some plays today. How would you say he's done so far during the strength camp? That has been great. He's been outstanding. He's really taken on himself, understanding the defense, and it's his defense to run. And he knows when he can cheat plays and when he can't cheat plays. That shows the growth he showed over the past year. So is that something 
maybe last year that, that um, he needed to improve on was knowing when he could take those risks. Well, it's a continual growth thing. You know, it's a growth thing for all the guys that come in. You really don't grasp it. He does more or just as much as the nickel. Between that spot and the nickel, they probably do more and have more assignments than anybody over there. So it's got to be constant thinking and constant changing, and he's been doing a great job at it, but he's even more comfortable now. Russell Gage is back in action. Uh, what have you seen from him? Do you think he's uh, going at full speed at this point? He's going full speed. It's just a matter of getting him in uh, camp condition. He runs some plays, but he's not running like the rest of them almost every play. And that takes time when you get out of injury. But we expect him to be back taking almost every snap in about a week or so. Is he catching on to the offense from Big Yeah, he's been learning it. You know, he's a, he's a cerebral player. He's been learning it pretty good. So we feel comfortable that way. Roster from the Hall of Fame game uh, last night. There's a lot of guys that were held out. Um, some we might not even see in the preseason at all. Have you given any thought to, um, you know, whether or not or how much your your starters are going to play? Not at this point. We haven't met on that as a staff. We're still in camp week, and we probably won't visit that to sometime later next week. How important is Tristan Wirth's transition to the left tackle for the team, and how is he doing in that process? He's doing a great job. The importance of it, I think he can play right or left very well. He's a good football player. If you put him somewhere, he'll challenge himself to be the best he can be at it. We're very comfortable having him over there. I think he's very comfortable over there. And, you know, nobody better to protect your blind side. How much of the competition is it with Lever and Hainsey in terms of who steps in right now when, when Jensen isn't out there? Heavy competition. Both played last year. Both played well last year. Both played center and guard. So, you know, if something happens to Jensen and he's not out there, there's heavy competition going right there. It goes back and forth every day. Anything else? Thanks. All right, there was uh, the coach, Todd Bowles, after today's training camp, which, like I said, got to go out there for uh, about an hour or so today to see everything for the first time this season. Um, yeah, it sounded like another day there, and again, I wasn't there for the 11-on-11 part, but it sounded like another day of interception-free football for Kyle Trask, and if I heard that correctly, and also no interceptions for Baker Mayfield. Which is good. Which is good. Uh, we've been on record over and over. We've talked about it. The coaches have talked about it. Whoever turns the ball over less is probably going to be the guy, and I think that um, Trask has definitely been ahead in that department, at least the turnover department. Uh, but definitely, you know, we still got to see what happens in the preseason games. We got to see what happens during uh, what happens in, uh, up there in New York against the Jets. Which, by the way, because the Jets are on hard knocks, we're going to get a really good look at the Bucks from up there. Oh yeah, we're going to get really good looks at that. So I don't like. Eh, I didn't need the Bucks to be on hard knocks necessarily, but I like. It's going to give me something to tune in for at least. Yeah. Because I feel like that show has almost gotten like a little. I don't know. I still. I will always watch. Just this year, it's interesting because of Rodgers. Yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah. Well. Will he talk? Because like he, I saw this report that says they're not going to give him as much access as they No, and, and I don't think he was a fan of having – I don't think anybody was this year. It's kind of like that quarterback show on Netflix. Like, nobody wanted it. Yeah. Nobody wanted well, it. Well, they're finally finding people for that. Joe Burrow, he's doing it. Sounds like Justin Herbert might be doing it. Right. So, th- they'll get something. They'll get something, but, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Would I ever want cameras in my face following me around like that? Nope. The entire season while I'm trying to focus on a season two? The answer is no. Yeah, like, you know, like, 
they had that one thing of like Patrick Mahomes. He's just trying to celebrate his birthday with his friends and family, and then there's like a camera crew falling. Over right. Him. It's just like or like the Kirk Cousins thing. Like he keeps bringing these cameras into his house when he's trying to hang hang out with his family. Like so. I don't need to see everything. It's yeah. weird. I don't know. This is how I feel about it. I was gonna say like if you were looking for like like Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he was even asked, but Baker felt like a really cool like candidate for that. Oh yeah. Because he has like because like Mariota, like he kind of feels like or feels like he would have taken like the Mariota place of the guy who's trying to like regain his yeah. stat his status and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. I thought it would have been a cool, but it is what it is. All right, let's take a, a break here on a Friday. And when we come back, JP has informed me that he's ready to join. JP. So I believe he's going to join us here on the stream as well. So we'll get some thoughts from him on some stuff we've talked about and some final thoughts of his before he heads off to Canton for Rondé Barber's induction ceremony, which is going to be really cool. Tiki Barber, his brother, inducting him into the Hall of Fame. So stay tuned for that. We will be back in three here on the Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to a Friday edition of the JP Show, the Nick and Nick Show for first hour and 15 here. But now we are actually joined by boss man himself, JP, who he looks like he's outside. Let me pop him up here in the stream for y'all. Looks like he's out there. Where are you, JP? I'm good, boys. How are you? We, I am, uh, yeah, where are you? I'm coming to you live atop this uh, little bluff here. If you can see behind me is the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. There's the uh, Brown Stadium over there. 
huge thing of Deshaun uh, Watson up there. It's always good. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful day in Cleveland, probably about 75, 80 degrees. Oh, and, uh, I, I didn't we're know you were. Uh... Canton tomorrow for the Rondé Barber a Hall of Fame experience, which is just going to be fantastic. And then there'll be a private party tomorrow night, and CeeLo Green will be playing, and all of his teammates will be there. All uh, Mike Tomlin's going to be there. He's going to be part of the presenting uh, of the uh, jacket and the ring. Tiki Barber, obviously his brother, will be presenting him into the Hall of Fame. I don't know how that's going to go. You know, <laughs> we've talked so much about how uh, what rivals those two are, and obviously Tiki's more than thrilled for Ronda to go in there. But I bet there'll be a few parts of that speech where he'll be like, I'm so jealous of you. Like, we've been doing this forever, and now you get a gold jacket. So, um, you know, that it's it's such an incredible sibling rivalry. Both of them fantastic athletes. And uh, Tiki's, Tiki's career may be cut a little bit short because, hey, he's a running back. And uh, anyway, what a fantastic duo they are. And that's going to be a fun speech, fun presentation. Really looking forward to it. They'll do the, the gold jacket dinner tonight down in Canton. Uh, our man uh, Dan Lucas will be there for News Channel 8. They'll be covering that, so if you want to check out his coverage tonight on News Channel 8, he'll be at the Gold Jacket Dinner. Uh, saw Rondé last night on the Hall of Fame game. Did uh, did interviews, obviously, with everybody. So, uh, and I don't know if you saw some of the social media that he put up. I, I retweeted it uh, last night. There was a video he did of what, uh, what he would tell his younger self. Uh, it's about a three or four minute video. You got to go check it out. It's it's absolutely sensational. Uh, quintessential Rondé Barber. Very well done, and um, and very interesting. So, uh, as I get closer to this moment, I got to tell you guys, it gets it's it's kind of a little emotional. I'll be I'll be weeping tomorrow. I can tell you that. You know me. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm, a I'm that kind of guy. I'll uh, I'll be I'll be uh, Niagara Falls a little bit there because you know of the journey that this man has gone through. I mean he. You know, he, at one point in 1997, didn't play at all, was on the taxi squad. I mean, that's not the normal route of a Hall of Famer. That is not the normal route of a Hall of Famer. And he went through so many trials and tribulations and doubts at times of whether he was good enough, whether he belonged. Um, he'll give a lot of credit to Coach Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin for keeping him uh, upbeat and, and, and telling him he's going to figure it out. Don't take this as a knock, you know, but you're going you're gonna to figure it out. Uh, and, uh, you know, at five foot ten, maybe five nine, 185 pounds to be able to, to 1,250 some tackles, actually more like 1,500, uh, all the numbers that he put up, it's, it's a remarkable career. And as Sal Powell said yesterday on our program, when he's a Hall of Fame voter, um, the most versatile and unique player I think we've ever seen on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I was gonna, and I was gonna point it out too, the fact that, First of all, Tiki, if you look at Tiki's numbers, he has a better case for a Hall of Fame than you might actually think. Yeah, especially, really does. Especially the last, like, six years. Like, if we're going off, like, short career, yes, like, the, at the height of it, but a lot packed in there. And also, like, Rondé having to deal with the fact that he's, and I think I've said this before, Tiki was the most famous barber. He was oh, more yeah. famous than Rondé in his own family. It wasn't close. Yeah, and even in this Hall of Fame class that he's going into, I think this is an easy argument, and I know we compared the numbers, but Darrell Rivas is probably more known as being the dominant corner than Rondé is, and they're in the same class. And remember when we put up, I wish I had the numbers right now, but we put up the numbers that compared the two. Right. Um, it's just, I mean, and across the board, Rondé was just like, like 
70, 80, 90% ahead in almost every single category. Like, not even close. And obviously, they played, they played different positions. But you gotta, you have to recognize the amount of plays that Rondé made in big plays. You're talking about, he, he's number, it's one of my favorite numbers for him. He's number three all-time NFL in non-return, um, oh, I'm sorry, how, how do we say it? Non-offensive touchdowns. And the other two guys are return guys. We're primary return guys in Dion and, and Devin Hester. So, I mean, that alone is a game changer. A game changing play is none bigger, obviously, than in Philadelphia, the pick six. So, and then the sacks, the tackles for loss are ridiculous. Uh, all these are, you know, these are drive stoppers and they're big plays, the interceptions, the sacks, all of it. I mean, I, you, could, you could literally say there may not be another player in the history of defense and football that had that many big plays if you combine sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions. You know, give more. You know, I would you give bigger numbers if you were going to quantify it for defensive touchdowns because those are game changers. I think a defensive touchdown, if you get a defensive touchdown in a game, you win the game almost 88 percent of the time. I mean, that's that's again, it's a closer, right? Yeah. So his impact in terms of big plays maybe more than any defensive player in history. I think that's fair to say. And and also too, how many corners you know that have played at that level till they were thirty six years old? Oh, none. <laughs> and played with, you know, played the Super Bowl season with a torn meniscus. Right. Um, you know, played through all kinds of injuries, broken fingers, broken thumbs. And you know what else? He never got a concussion. It, with t- over 1,200, almost 1,500 hits, right? Yep. In, in never got a concussion because he never hit with his head. He always led with his shoulder. And you remember, he had big shoulder pads for a corner. If you remember, just yep. look at all the pictures. He led with his shoulder and his shoulder pads, never led with his head when tackling. And one was one of the most sure tacklers you'll ever see. And, he, you know, he'd take on anybody at any time. So, I mean, and, and just, you know, getting to know him. For those of you who don't know, I when I was working at Channel 8, Rondi and I did a post-game show on Sunday nights for five years, I believe it was. And, you know, from day one, Rondi said, I want to be the best broadcaster I could be. And I, we would stay after the show and look at the tape. <laughs> Shocking development, right? And, you know, we'd look through it, and I'd give him some pointers. And, you know, he got better and better and better and better until he was so at ease in front of the camera. I mean, if you go, if I went back and showed you his first show, it, it, it was kind of like his first year in, in, in football. It wasn't very good. He was like, he was like frozen almost. He, he was very hesitant to speak. And because I didn't want to throw any of his teammates under the bus or say anything negative, so we, you know, we worked on crafting that, you know, through the years because it's not easy to do. And he got to a point where he could say just about anything, and uh, and it was not, it would never come off like he's throwing his teammates under the bus. He's very, very skilled in his word choice. And uh, as far as breaking down the game, I don't know if there's been anybody better. Um, you know, and when he was at Fox Broadcasting, watching the games that he did. We're just, you know, I, I say it's some of the best football because he never got stuck up in the, you know, the, the quote, the entertainment value of it, the side stories. It was always about X's and O's, like what happened on that play? What made that play successful? What made that play fail? And he was on top of it. He could see trends in games developing. Brilliant analyst as well. And I, I, we, don't, we don't even talk about that part of his career. Yeah, and at least now we get to see it with the Bucks breakdowns that he does on the YouTube page. Yes. Where he gives you, like, what, 20, 30 minutes of just breaking down the film, which is some of the best stuff you'll find on that YouTube channel. So, yeah, we're excited. I know you're excited. This means a lot to you 
to be out there uh, representing yourself and, and as a friend of Rondé Barber. So we'll be watching the festivities tomorrow. By the way, did you? Uh, I was. We were just talking about the Hall of Fame game. Did you catch? I wanted to get your opinion. Did you catch the Demarcus Ware national anthem? Did you have a take on that bad I, boy? I did not. I heard. I saw the interview later on where he was talking oh about singing. Um, did it not go well? Well, I, I didn't want to cast judgment today, so all I said was, because <laughs> I don't because I don't have the stones to do that, so I feel like it's unfair for me. But I just said, you know what, Demarcus Ware is a he's a Hall of Fame player, man. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Just kept it. I just kept it there. He won't be going into this Hall of Fame. Is that what you're saying? Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame lets anybody in nowadays, so he he, <laughs> That's he, he, he might be okay. Yeah. He might be okay. <laughs> Hey, I don't know how I don't know how much time we have with you today. So cut me off if you ever have to go. But no, we can go a little bit longer. Yeah. I just want I got to get your I just wanted to get your take real quick on the biggest story of the day that you're missing out on because I knew you'd probably have some thoughts and maybe you have a rant coming up. I don't know. But Shane McClanahan going on the injured list. Yet another one bites the dust. A raised pitcher. Your thoughts without knowing the full extent of the injury so far, obviously. Yeah, and and, and no designation on the injury. Just going on the 15 day. IL, um, you know, it's just my first thought is what a shame, man. What a shame. And it just it's it can't be coincidence anymore. I, it just can't be coincidence. There's just, you know, there's too many, too many Tommy Johns on this team. It's it's ridiculous. I, I just don't I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know if it's something in their routines that they're doing with these pitchers, but it's just it's not coincidence anymore. I mean, I got to believe this is the. You know the smartest organization in baseball. I gotta believe they've gone up and down everything they do in terms of preparing their pitchers um, and, and try to figure out what it is. But it just, it just, gosh, it just can't be coincidence anymore. But I mean, if they're if he can't come back and pitch, they're dead in the water. And this, by the way, is why you add a bat because. You never know when you're going to get pitching injuries. Well, yeah, yeah. It's also why you add a pitcher, Mr. Aaron Yeah, well. that, which but, they did. Which, by the way, really, really good I brought this up. I brought this up earlier when we were talking about this. I didn't know this before the before we acquired him, and I still love the trade. But you know how many times he's been on the injured list since 2021, Aaron Savale? How many? Five times. Five times? He's been on the injured list five times, and that's like oblique injuries, finger injuries. Uh, he had once where he had like right form inflammation, and this year he missed two months with an oblique injury as well. Right, right. I know so that. I'm just like, you know, the Rays kind of, is this like, I feel like this is like part of their strategy. Like when you look at the, the acquisition of Rasmussen and some of these other guys who ended up getting hurt, like they take chances on some of these guys who have already been hurt in the past, and maybe that's why they're able to kind of get them on, not on the low necessarily, but... Maybe on better prices and you know team control all those things. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing that I had there. Well, you know, that's that's you know if he got hurt in other organizations, imagine what he's going to do when he gets in, into the trap. I mean that's that's a that's a bad sign. Um, I mean you look at this team now and it's just we're, we're post deadline and with McClanahan. I know you can't count on injuries, but or, or you know plan for injuries, but you got to. It's it's just sad because. This team is going nowhere without Shane McClanahan. Going absolutely nowhere without Shane McClanahan. Well, the so, alarming thing uh, too, I saw. I, I said the stats. His first number, his first half numbers for his career, in his second half, like his first half, his ERA is like around a two four, something like that, elite. Yeah. In the second half, I think it's like three nine eight for his career in the second half, and I'm like, yeah. Which would you rather want? Now he was really good in the playoff game last year, so. You know, it just goes to show you, like, I can't even remember when the last, when's the last time a raised pitcher pitched 200 innings. Not 250, 
not 300 like guys used to do all the time. 200. I, I, I can't even. I don't know. I don't know anybody. I'm, done I'm trying to see I if mean, Shane I, even threw a 200 last year. I'm not oh, sure. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so because he was he was down for a while, and of course they don't go long. They don't go deep in game. Yeah, he threw so, a, he threw 166 last year. Yeah, yeah. It's just they don't. My feeling is, you know, right along the lines of what John Smoltz has said on our program is that, you know, the Rays baby their pitchers. They don't, you know, they don't work them hard. They don't give them hard look. Uh, Big loads to, they just don't. You got to build at some point. You have to build up arm strength. At some point, you have to build up arm strength, and it just seems like whatever their processes are, they're not working. And none, none of these pitchers are going to have longevity. And maybe that, maybe they don't care. Maybe they just like, yeah, when they burn out, we'll go get another one. We'll go get another one. You ain't going to find another Shane McClanahan, though. That's the problem. Yeah. and they, I, they, they don't grow on trees. And I was saying, too, like, again, we don't know what the full extent of the injury is. It could be a minor stay. It could be a major stay. Don't know yet. But we've been down this road before, and it's hard not to, like, approach that subject like that. But I'm looking at what they do. Like, you still have Glasnow, Eflin, and Svale. Latell's, you know, doing his thing, and he goes tonight as well. Hopefully he keeps us up. But it's like they just sit back down Taj Bradley presumably to help him work out some things because clearly he was starting to maybe hit a, a bit of a wall, yeah. a rookie wall. Yeah. And now it's like they probably don't want to have to bring him back up. So it's like, is it going to be the Cooper Criswell show? Is it going to be somebody else we haven't seen? Because, like, Fleming's still on the I.L. Obviously, you can't go to him. It's just it's, it's going to create more. My fear is that if he's down for a while, you're going to have to start using the bullpen a little bit more, which, albeit good, you don't want yeah, them to flame exactly. out in August and September. Out. Yeah, this. I mean, as you look at this team today, just with their offense and the way it's looked, and I know it's gotten you know mar- marginally better the past few days. You just look at this offense and you look at the, where the pitching staff is right now, and you know they're a good team, but they can't compete with the elite teams. They just can't. They're not. I mean, the postseason uh, looks bleak. Um, will they even be able to win the division? You know, Baltimore's got a much harder schedule. We'll see, but. Um, yeah, I, if I'm a Rays fan I, right now, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. Uh, I won't go down. Eh. My, I won't go eh. down. I won't go down my. Guess what? Holiday. You know what? It's football season, baby. It's football season, baby. By the way, quick quick note. Uh, I kind of w- went back and watched the Drew Weatherford interview that we did yesterday. But if you haven't seen it, go to go check it out. Uh, Board of Trustees, former FSU quarterback, and we didn't really get time to, to break it down. But he did mention that there was a third option, mm-hmm. a third option. Now, I guess that could be construed as the Big 12. But he also talked about, you know, all these other schools should be pissed off too. North Carolina, Virginia, NC State. Because if they get seven teams to move in the ACC, that breaks the grant of rights. That yeah. breaks the, That's the magic number. And from what I've heard, they've got six already. So if they get seven that defect, well, where are they going? Well, maybe they join up with the Pac, the Pac-12. What's left of the Pac-12? Well, the Pac-12. Um, the Pac-12. You know, there, I mean, there's. I don't know if you've you've been traveling, so I don't know if you've seen some of the stories today. It's kind of been hectic. So it sounds like the Washington, Oregon to the Big Ten lost steam overnight, and then the pac 12s doing this thing with Apple right oh, now. Oh, did it? Yes, it lost steam overnight. So now we don't know if oh. that's going to happen anymore. I don't know if you saw this one too. The UNC president. Well, maybe the big, now the Big Ten pivots. Maybe the big Big Ten pivots now to Clemson and Florida State. Right, that's kind of what I was. Which I think is there. a better move for them anyway. They already have the West Coast. Well, also keep UCLA in mind and USC. That's going to say keep in mind they added USC and UCLA, and USC said they did not want them to add any more West Coast teams. 
USC said that. Right. How much power? Exactly. How much power do they have? I don't know. I would presume they have some amount to have some say. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that came out. Uh, it, it, makes, it just makes so much better sense to add the Southeast for the Big Ten. Then you've got the entire nation covered. That that contract, that media rights contract, is going to be worth. I mean, so much more when you get those two regions right. blown in. And Clemson and Florida State are dominant. You know, if somehow they can get Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I think the Big Ten is the best move for uh, for FSU. Now, SEC wouldn't be bad either. But I have a feeling if they go into the SEC, they're going to make them, you know, take four, five, six years to get a full share of the money. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, and, and I just don't feel like Florida State's going to get a fair shake in the SEC when they land. I just something just tells me that they're not going to get a fair shake where they were. And this is the same thing. And you know, this is when me being you know so old comes into uh, a great effect here. I was there in Tallahassee when the SEC came knocking the first time, and FSU was looking to jump into the conference, and everybody had them penned into the SEC. And Roy Kramer, it showed up. I think it was Roy. And they were basically like to Coach Bowden and the entire people like, come kiss the ring, shine my shoes. You're not getting any money for like 20 years, but we'll let you into the SEC. And the ACC was like, please, come join us. We'll give you everything. We'll give- oh. oh, my goodness. We lost. Wait, there like, he's got his back. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're like, we can't do that. We, we, we can't survive in the SEC getting treated like that for the first five years. So let's go where we're wanted. And I think in the end it worked out. You win three national championships. I think that's. I think you got to say it worked out. Fourteen straight years in the top five. Uh, not as prestigious concert co- conference as the SEC. I get that. But now this is kind of the same dynamic. The Big Ten will be absolutely over the moon to get FSU, where SEC will be kind of like, okay, we'll take you. You know, you know, you're kind of homeless now. Come on, we'll take you in, but we're not going to treat you very well. Right. You get the. You get the. You get the, the guest suite downstairs, you know, in the basement. So I think yeah. it's going to be fascinating how this works out and in the next couple of weeks because that August 15th deadline that Drew talked about is real. I got to believe that this issue is going to make a move. Yeah, and by the way, too, on that, last thing on that, and you, you, obviously you're, a lot of, you're really busy. Maybe you'll read this today and we'll talk about it more Monday when you can digest it. But this did come out like 30 minutes ago that FSU is now working with J.P. Morgan for an equity raise to try to raise funds for potential departure from the ACC. So remember we were talking about we were talking about how they can get out of this and the legal ramifications. So it looks like they're making those steps now and that came from Sportico this morning. There's a big report in it. Interesting. So maybe if you read that this weekend we can dive into that on Monday more. Yeah, I, I think by Monday we'll, we may even know where they're going. Right. It you might know, be that quick. These things happen fast. Well, like I said, last yeah, night we, yeah. we thought Oregon and Washington were announcing they're going to the Big Ten, and then this morning it's like, well, the deal's dead, and now Arizona's going to the Big 12, and, like, it's it's all over the place now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, but I think in the next two weeks it's going to be major changes. Major, major changes. Yes, it will. All right, I'll let you. Right, I'll let you get back to to enjoying a little bit of Cleveland before you head out to Canton. But we're gonna. For, uh, my, my son and I are gonna hit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here today. Nice, uh, nice. Do a little downtown Cleveland. I think there's a there's like a Beatles band that's gonna be playing, doing a show that recreating their final show on top of the Apple uh, with that Apple thing, whatever the hell they did in 1969. The Beatles, not a huge fan, but I'll go watch that. So we're gonna do that and then uh, head down to Canton tomorrow. Hey. We'll be back on Monday with all. The great stories. Hey, show us Paul Brown Stadium real quick again. Is it is that Paul Brown? Yeah. Right? No, that's Cincinnati. Cincinnati, right? 
first energy, my bad. That thing doesn't hold a candle to Raymond, to Raymond James, does it? No, it really doesn't. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of just right there. here on the lake, though. Well, it's they're trying to replace it, aren't they? I think they're trying to replace it. Uh, it's kind of rusty over here on the side, you know. It's, it, it looks nice. It looks. I got to tell you, downtown Cleveland, much nicer than I anticipated so far. Yeah, when you told me you're so, going to Cleveland, to I was keep, like, you know, huh? Watch our social. Yeah. Yeah, but well, it's better than Canton, for God's sake. Better than Akron. I got to drive through Akron. To get the can, like my God, I don't know if we'll even survive here. So, all right. Anyway, we're here for Ronde. It's not this ain't the freaking Bahamas, okay? We we figured that. We're here for Ronde. You know, we'll go to freaking Siberia for Ronde, right? Which is basically what this place is in the winter. So we'll uh, we'll enjoy it though. Keep our eye on the show, so we'll give you all the backstage stuff, um, all the fun stuff. All weekend long, and we'll be back on Monday to talk. All right, safe travels, my friend. Have a good time. We'll see you Monday. All right, boys. Good, great job. Talk to you Monday. All right, so nice of JP to join us there. That he's in Cleveland. Yeah, when he first told me he was going to Cleveland first, my buddy lives in Akron right now. I hope to God he doesn't hear that. Uh, I mean, it's it's. it's you hear about it Ohio all the time. Ohio's just kind of like there. Yeah, like nobody that's from Ohio like touts the fact. Yeah, I'm from Ohio, or I'm from Cleveland. Like. So when he told me he was going to Cleveland, I didn't know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was even there, though. Really? No, I, did, I don't that's keep like track of these people, things. That's like what people point to when they're like, that's why you should go to Cleveland. And also, I'm going to argue with, like, no one brags that they're from Ohio. If, you go to, if you're from Columbus, and specifically the university, you know the one. Uh-huh. They will brag that they're from oh, okay. Ohio. Well, fair, but yeah, yeah I'm just gonna point that out. There's all the, the jokes are all over the place though about yeah, Ohio. Yeah, I, I know. To be fair, even Cleveland people will make it. Like I remember watching that Cleveland doc, the Thirty for Thirty on their uh, sports curse, and even the, the people who lived there were making were saying that stuff. So right. Fair. All right. Well, uh, thanks to JP again for joining us there and giving him. I knew he'd have it. I knew he'd have an opposite take of me on the race. I just knew it. Yep. I just knew it. Yep. But you know what? Everybody can have their own opinion. Don't want to. I didn't want to make this joke when he was there, but like, did you you heard the sirens behind him, right? Right. They're coming for him. They are coming for him. They're coming for him. They coming for him. JP MF Peterson <laughs> is in is in Cleveland, and they're coming for him. So maybe he'll make it to Canton. Maybe he won't. Maybe we'll see him on Monday. Maybe we won't. Who knows? All right, let's take a, another break here on the JP Peterson show. We'll come back and we'll get into our separate Ronde discussion. Um, favorite moments, whatever we want to get into there. Who should be next from the Buccaneers? Thought I saw a potential bucket or uh, NFL Hall of Famer today and Mike Evans out on the field. Maybe he's my answer. I don't know. Uh, so we'll get into that um, and a couple other things as well as we wrap up here on a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. As always, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Italiano Insurance, Golden Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, and American Mortgage Services. Back in three. Stay with us here on the Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, 
but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, 
And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back here on a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show, the Nick and Nick Show. But again, so glad to see J.P. join us for a little bit to get his thoughts on some stuff before he heads off to um, Canton. So it should be a fun weekend for him. Again, we'll be watching. Um, and speaking of Rondé, I've been teasing it all day, but we were going to get to it. You know, at least our thoughts. You know, obviously we're not, we were both kids. At least I know. Were you born when Rondé was, you know, in the Super Bowl and all that? Were you even born? Uh, I when they won the Super Bowl, I was one day away from turning two months. Okay, so you were barely alive to make I it. Was barely alive. All right. Um, I, I, I grew up watching him. He was my first book that I remember watching. He was. My, I I was telling you about it. I I'm had a, all the books he wrote. 
I had, oh, I had those too in school. I used to run the run to the uh, what do they call them? media centers back in the yeah. back in the day. Media yeah, <laughs> to go get them. <laughs> I don't know. Do they still call it media? My, I should know this. My wife's a, a, I, an I, elementary I, school I, teacher. I, I should know I, this. I don't know. I know they have them, but I think I just called the library. <laughs> well, it was called the media center. It's hundred percent. You know, it you was 100% the, called the nostalgia in me is going off right now. The little barcode on the back and yeah. the excitement of scanning it. Yeah. Having the book for the week and all that. But yeah, the Ronde and Tiki oh, yeah. the Tiki and Ronde books were nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, I grew up watching them. I loved watching it. And no, I have I have to be honest. I was I told you this off air. I was more of a, a Tiki fan than a Ronde fan growing up. And how is that how is that? Is because my uh and I told you this, my dad's family is from New York and I was gifted from one of my family members a Tiki Barber Giants jersey when I was six years old. And I loved that thing. I never had a Ronde jersey until I got older. Now I have a Ronde creamsicle, and it's one of like my most prized possessions. Which, side note, creamsicle day, August 15th. Is that fall on a, on a weekday during the show? August 15th? Yes, it does. It's a Tuesday. August 15th on Tuesday, I'm wearing that Ronde jersey into this studio. I don't really wear it much because, it's, again, it's old, but I'm wearing it on creamsicle day. And I'm going to give JP eyesores in that thing. Hey. Mr. Creamsicle Hater. Hey, I don't care what people say. Those jerseys are cool. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Players like them. They're the best. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Rondé going in the Hall of Fame obviously deserved all that. We've talked. He, it's about time. He's yes. where he belongs. Yes. He should have been there earlier. Yes. And, and John Lynch got in way earlier before him. And I think everybody agrees that Rondé was a better player than John Lynch. It's not trying to just. Yeah, not, no hate on John Lynch. Not he hate on John Lynch. I just think Rondé was. Uh, yeah, I just think Rondé was a better player. Yeah. But anyway, so it got us thinking <laughs> of who is going to be the next Buccaneer inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, this is a tough one because I have, a, I have a guy who I think should be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he won't. And then I have to think of it realistic, so I'll let you go first. The next Buccaneer inducted into the Hall of Fame is? Who should? Can I, can I say Mike Allstott? Mike Allstott? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think Mike's ever gotten much because he's a fullback, obviously. Yeah, I know that, but like, but he revolutionized that position for what it's worth. Like the NFL will like still randomly post his highlights every now and then. He's got the best highlight tape in the history of the NFL. Oh yeah, and I'll, all the I'll old books, I will watch his the most. Yes, it's so exciting. Yes, and you just don't see that anymore. And like, it's not like he like I think people just like see all his like stats that he did or like all his accomplishments, like all the Pro Bowls and first and All Pros that he made. And I think people just kind of like see it the way you see a fullback when he makes it now, where it's just like. You know, it's kind of an unimpactful position, but it's still a position, so you kind of just have to give it to somebody. Yeah. But the thing is, he got most of those because he made an impact. Like he was a big contributor the, to yeah, all those the guy, games. The guy ran for almost not for almost a thousand yards in 1999. Yeah. As a fullback, and I think earlier in his career, and again, I was not around for those days, really. So I think I want to say he might have been used more as a natural running back. Or maybe the fullback just had that much more of an impact. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But, but he ran for almost 1,000 yards and had 250 carries in 1999. I ends know. his career with 58 touchdowns from the fullback position. I mean, no fullback in today's game, and it's just designed that way, is ever putting up those numbers. Right. No, but, and I don't think I don't know how many other fullbacks have ever put up the numbers he did. Right, but like I hate that like people like use that fact nowadays to say be like, oh, he was a fullback, so he shouldn't be in. It's like. Okay, yeah, sure. They don't have that much impact nowadays, but he did back then. Stop looking at it from now. Look yeah, should at there be a should there be a specialist wing of the Hall of Fame? Because how many kickers are in the Hall of Fame? Like two? How many punters? One. One, right, guy. Like it's impossible to be a kicker or a punter and like get in the Hall of Fame. 
Right, but like, so maybe, I don't know, but like, I just hate like when these people say that and just act like, he's a fullback, therefore there should be no discussion. It's like, dude, to say there should be no discussion of this guy going in the hall is like ridiculous. Like, he has an argument, like, come on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree, but it's been so long. And, and the one thing I, I know, but the one thing that I really hate about people who make that argument is I know that a lot of those people are the same people who argue that Devin Hester should be in because he's the best kick return of all time. And I do think Devin Hester should be in. It's an argument. He's got an argument. Because for the say. skill that he did, he did it better than anybody. Right. And it wasn't even close. Right. But if you're going to say that, then there. put Mike Allscott in. There. Like, um, the guy who I think should have always gotten more consideration, I've said it before, and that's Simeon Rice. Okay, yeah, I, he, he was my number two. I, I just, so I I'll thinking. never understand it. I mean, I've been yelling at the rooftops. I don't know why he's not in the ring of honor, and I don't know why he's never really gotten consideration for the Hall of Fame. I just, I, look, I think his numbers fare very comparably to some other guys, and that's the fact that his career ended, his prime ended at 31 years old. So, like, his career was more like in a, a, a decade, in 122 sacks, in a decade's worth of time, if my math is correct, that's about 12 sacks. Around, yeah. Around 12, 12 and a half sacks on average per season. And he had eight seasons of over 10 sacks in that time frame. Like, yeah. I don't know what, we're, what else we're asking for out of guys. I don't know. I mean, in my mind, he's one of the most underrated players, or at the very least, like, and he's, he's talked he's, about. And he's forgotten about when it comes to that 2002 yeah. team where he was an all-pro, first-team all-pro, and had 15 and a half sacks. And John Gruden went on on uh, record to say, I believe, that he was like, he might have been the undisputed leader sometimes thought of with that defense. Yeah. So he gets, he, to me, he gets lost in the shuffle way too much. But again, he's a player that I think it's been so long, it probably is... Maybe there will be a veterans committee one day that they have or whatever that will get them in. But. Yeah. Well, we just had uh, – I, I can never pronounce his last name, so I'll call his nickname. Southpaw was on yesterday, and even he said he thought he should be in. Yeah, Palantonio. Thank you. Even he said he should be in. So, I don't know. Look, I, like the Hall of Fame is one thing, but the fact that he's not even in the ring of honor, that that's the real Perplexing disgrace. to me a little bit. That's ridic- ridiculous. And, we're, and, not, and now we're not even inducting anybody this year. Did they just give up on that? Really? No, nobody's going in this year, and there's, Come you know, on, man. you could put Simeon in, you could put Hardy Nickerson in, you could put, uh, what is it, James Wilder, I don't think he's in, and I think a lot of people would like to see him going as well. Even put Gerald McCoy, dude, put somebody in. I mean, you know how I feel about Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy, way overhated yeah. by this fan base for years, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But no, so those are the, well, let's be honest, the most realistic name is... Maybe they're not doing it because they already, I don't know, they're kind of already doing it. They got a lot of themes. They got a lot of themes. With with Ronde, he's going to have his Hall of Fame day. Yeah, they got a lot of themes, so I I get it, but it is what it is. I will say, I hope on that day, or at least sometime in the future, they announce that they're going to retire his number. Do the Bucks have any numbers that are quote-unquote retired? Yeah, I've looked this up, and it is only Hall of Fame players. So it's literally just Leroy, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. Those are it. And John Lynch. No, he's not retired. His number's not retired? No, not that I've been able to find, uh, which is may have hmm. something to do with the fact that he's the GM of the 49 Although I, I can't know. think of anybody else who's worn the 47, to be honest. Yeah, from what I, yeah, I've, I've read that, though, like, it's, those numbers are, like, officially retired, but, like, him and actually Michael Scott's 40, they have not been oh, given out to anyone yet. Interesting, interesting. But I think we all can agree, the guy who has the best shot, and he's still playing, is, is Mike Evans, who, yeah. um... Yeah, and we've. I don't want to go down the whole. I feel like we've had this conversation. We had it this week when Mike was talking about his accomplishments, and I was like, that felt like the the Mike's like talk your shit moment yeah. a little bit because he's never talked about in that 
upper echelon when it comes to top receivers, and everybody loves to poke holes in the guy's game. I understand he's not a perfect receiver, but the numbers are the numbers he's consistent. there. He's and, I think, and I think he's going to have an incredible year this year. I think he can the, way, the way he is performing at training camp, saw it again today, he just seems really, really dialed in this year. Like, similar to how we had that conversation about the Lightning, and like they're taking it really to heart that last year they, they, they underachieved. I think a lot of the veterans are doing that as well, and Mike Evans in particular. He seems re-energized maybe a little bit with Dave Canales as his OC. When you hear him talk about, you know, we we got plays that I've never even seen before, right? And all those all those like really cool things that you're like we're waiting to see, and maybe we won't see till week one of the regular season. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so I th- I think Mike he's kind of like the last couple years. It's come down to the wire that he was going to get over that a thousand mark. I think this year, obviously, staying healthy isn't part of that. He's always been a healthy receiver and played through a lot of bruises and injuries. I think he's going to get well over that 1,000 mark this year. I think he's going to put his stamp back on that he is one of the best receivers in the NFL, yeah. and you should talk about him in that light. Seriously. I mean, if he does, and he puts himself in the same conversation as Jerry Rice. Yeah, the, the names we're talking about with this guy when his career is done and when it's said and done, I just don't understand how you can hold him back. Yeah. I just don't like understand like while well, some people are just like adamantly saying no, he should not be a Hall of Famer in the future. Like like how can you not at least see that he has an argument to be in there? That's what I just don't understand. Yep, I don't know, but again, we'll see what happens there. He's still got some time to yeah. to add to hey, his now career. Now that Tom's gone, this is this is his team now. He's the face. Well, I think to Bucks fans, he was always he was always the face. the face, but like to the whole national media. Probably so, yes. Uh, He's the leader, though. He's going to be the focal point, though. Uh, before we go, just a couple little, just a little. We got like three or four minutes left. Uh, of note for us, obviously, is the and we talked a little bit about it earlier this week. Um, the U.S. women's soccer team uh, still going strong, and they play. They're going. They play Sunday at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'll make wa- any promises that I'll, I'll be up for that one. I'll watch the highlights at the very most. This is nothing against them. It's just I'm sorry. I got. I need, yeah. I need my sleep. <clears throat> Not gonna make any promises that I'll be there for that one. But talk about a tough game. They got. This is why. You, this is the importance of why you got to win the group. And they did not do that. They got to play Sweden, and Sweden is the number three team in the world. USA obviously number one, but showing that there might be some cracks in the foundation. So right away out of the group stage, Carly Lloyd is tough, tough game. Guys. Yeah. Tough, you tough game, win. which I don't have a problem with, by the way. I, yeah. I think the, the she, criticism of Carly Lloyd has gone me, yeah. completely overblown, in my opinion. But yeah. we'll leave it at that. Uh, as I was reminded here in the comments from Jeremy Lowe, thank you. SummerSlam. SummerSlam. SummerSlam is tomorrow for the wrestling fans, as we are. Big, big event. The party of the summer. Biggest party of the summer. The biggest event in wrestling in the entire summer. Yep. Don't, don't let anybody. Our, our Rays will be in Detroit, and SummerSlam is in Detroit. Yeah, and we all have to endure Kid Rock to start SummerSlam. Yay. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that actually happening? No, that's happening. Kid Rock is going to do something at the beginning. Of, like, who wants to see Kid Rock, really? Because he's in the Hall of Fame of the WWE? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, let's be honest. Their music that they used back in the 90s aren't exactly the, doesn't ha- haven't held, held up that well. I just feel like Kid Rock is not going to get a good reaction. I can just feel it. Does Detroit even like him? I don't know. I don't know. He's he's Is he's that, interesting. Look, yeah. He, look, if you wanted to get get, I just wish they could do this. There's only one Detroit musician I want. I would have loved to see show up, and that's Eminem. That's it. I could never see Eminem. I could never see anything it, with wrestling. I could never see that. But could you imagine that reaction? 
Yeah, that would be actually really hype. Yeah. But I don't. I, I could never imagine that. But yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. I'm not going to be able to watch it live, unfortunately, because I am checking off a, a bucket list item of a lifetime tomorrow, and that is seeing George Strait at the uh, Raymond James Stadium tomorrow night. This is this is this is going to be up there with the events that I top events I've ever gone to. I can already feel it. Nice. I have been waiting for this man to come into my town, and it's finally happening. Who? I'm, I'm uh, who? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The king? I know who it is. Sixty number ones? <laughs> yes. The I greatest know. of all time? Okay. Okay. I know who he is. Relax. I know. Don't start with me. Don't start with me, young, young Nick. We're not doing this again. You are two years older than me. Stop doing that. Oh my goodness. That's out again. All right. We'll end on that. Lots of fun events to uh, to watch this week, as we just pointed out. Uh, Bucks training camp continuing tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, and we'll be back on Monday. JP will be back here, I think, in studio on Monday to recap some great everything that happened. Some great stories to tell. He's obviously going to be at the Ronde after party, so maybe some exclusive stories coming from JP. Should be a fun night. Thank you, Nick, for joining me today. Or intern Nick. I can't call you Nick yet. Intern Nick. Thank you, intern Nick, for joining me today. Uh, thank everybody for listening. It's been a 